Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. So how many of you are ready for the Word? Ready for the Word this morning? Happiness is a lie. I want you to look at, with me, Lamentations 3.17. Lamentations 3.17. I'm reading from the uh, God's Word translation for this, for this particular verse. We want to t- take a look at that, and then we're going to pray in just a moment. Lamentations 3.17. It says, My soul has been kept from enjoying peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the ministry of your word. We thank you for truth that brings freedom and liberty in our lives. And Father, we trust you to move in the hearts of these people this morning, to allow them to gain revelation and understanding concerning uh, truth that can impact their lives. In Jesus' name, we commit this time to you. Holy Spirit, minister this word in the hearts of the people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, maybe in light of this particular verse, maybe you forgot what happiness is. And in the context of this message, we want to talk about the lie of happiness that's been perpetrated into our culture. Because what we may think happiness is, it's really not what it is. When we begin to look at it and explore it through the eyes of Scripture and through a godly perspective. In fact, uh, I, I found a website, and I'll share this with you. It's called pursuitofhappiness.org, and there's a happiness quiz that you can take, okay? And what I actually scored quite well, uh, 105 out of 115, but uh, Deb might think I cheated on that. But uh, <laughs> I realized, well, maybe I'm a pretty happy person after all, you know, so... Although, um, you can take the quiz yourself and, and see how you fare with that. But what is happiness? How do you define happiness? And how should we define happiness? And, and my objective in this morning's message is to dispel the lie of happiness and to redirect the focus to something that's far superior than happiness. Because there's something much greater than happiness that we need to begin to consider in our lives. And I'm not denying that happiness exists because it does, but how modern culture has defined it, it's really diminished in its value. And so uh, happiness is not a goal, it's only an outcome of right living, okay? And so we need to understand that. Now, culture has the tendency to redefine and change common words or common terms. Have you noticed that? You know, what one word meant. A hundred years ago, that word has been redefined by our culture today. In many cases, we see that. And I also believe it's the case with the word happiness. Now, happiness, at least in Western culture, is defined as feeling good. Feeling good about yourself, feeling good about your accomplishments. It's just feeling good. It's often based on what's happening at the moment. In fact, um, how many of you got to see the Green Bay Packer? preseason game the other night, okay? Now, I think happiness can change so quickly. It's for the moment. It, it can turn to sadness in just one moment, just one play, a fumble. You know, the Packers can gain possession of the ball, 
And then one play later, they can fumble that ball. And you're happy one moment, you're sad the next. So it's constantly changing. How many of you can relate to that? You know, happiness is something that can be there in one moment and absolutely absent the next. And so happiness is something that uh, I like Charles uh, Solch. Maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, He's the cartoonist that did the Peanuts thing, okay? Uh, In one statement, Charlie Brown said, happiness is a warm puppy. Yeah, I think that's cute. Maybe you have to read the comic strip. That's maybe before some of your time, okay? All right, moving right along. Or let's say this. I will be happy when, and you fill in the blank, because some of you are not happy with your life. You're not happy with your present situation, but you might come to the place where you say, I will be happy when this happens. I will be happy when it's payday, when I get my paycheck. I'll be happy when I go on vacation. I'll be happy when this event or this situation happens or this changes. And so happiness many times is a condition that we attach to being happy. Society attempts to determine the conditions of happiness without considering what is really of lasting value. In fact, it feels good, and, and you know some people have that mentality, if it feels good, do it. But that's not a good principle to live by because you might think that is to produce or generate happiness. It really doesn't. There's, there's a lot of sadness and pain that can be attached to that as well. Or some people, uh, you know, just say, I just want to be happy. That's my goal in life. Well, if that's your goal in life, that's not a significant goal. And you will probably be faced with great disappointment if that's your goal. Uh, we have this phrase that you've seen, the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. Actually, you see this phrase in the Declaration of Independence. In fact, the framers of the Declaration of Independence included the pursuit of happiness within this important document that we cherish as a nation. In fact, within this, it's an, we see it as an um, inalienable right, one that cannot be given away and must be protected in the proper context. Let's look at that statement that we see in the Declaration of Independence, and I'll read this to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, it's interesting because happiness in the public discourse of the time that this was written did not simply refer to a subjective emotional state. It did not. It meant prosperity or well-being in the broader sense. In fact, it included the right to meet one's physical needs and take care of oneself. But it also included a significant moral and religious uh, purpose or freedom. In fact, in correspondence between James Madison and James Monroe in 1786, Madison made a note. In fact, he noted that happiness cannot simply be identified with meeting people's interests, but includes a higher reference, which includes humanity's spiritual 
and moral condition. So when we understand the framers of the Constitution, when they inserted this phrase, pursuit of happiness, the broader picture was it was a spiritual concern for the lives of the people, the inhabitants of this land. And that was part of it in their mindset. The Declaration of Independence doesn't guarantee the right to happiness, only the right to pursue it. Okay? That's important to understand. The, the pursuit of happiness is not a bad thing, but at what cost? How we seek happiness must be considered when we look at our motive, when we look at our heart's intent. What's the driving force behind your pursuit of happiness? Is it serving a greater purpose? Is it serving a great cause? Or is it just satisfying your own personal interest or selfish interest? I believe that the pursuit of happiness needs to serve a greater lasting purpose for our lives. Would you agree with that? Now, how many of you uh, may be familiar with the pursuit of happiness? And the word happiness is misspelled in the 2006 American uh, film uh, starring Will Smith. It's a, it's a heartwarming uh, movie. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. Uh, looking at a, a philosopher back in the year 384, he was born, lived to 322 BC. Uh, Aristotle, he was a Greek philosopher and he was a scientist. And he stated that happiness depends on ourself more than anyone else. Now, I believe, and I can agree with that, there's wisdom in that statement. But he also said something that I may not necessarily agree with in the context of, of when we look at it from a biblical context and mindset. He believed that happiness was the ultimate purpose of human existence. Would you agree with that or say, no, I don't, I don't think that's maybe the ultimate purpose of human existence? I would disagree. And this morning, I want to give you three talking points on this subject entitled Happiness is a Lie. The first one is the contrast. We're going to look at the contrast. Happiness versus joy, okay? And that's the alternative. That's the focus of what's greater than happiness is this thing called joy. And the second talking point is joy is a choice. It's a choice. And hopefully today we'll make the choice to rejoice and be joyful because you're going to see great benefits from that. And thirdly, the third talking point is the fullness of joy. It's being filled with joy. And that's something that you can do every day of your life. You can be filled with joy. It's available and it's an opportunity for each and every one of us. And it's, it's something that will get us through the most difficult times of life when we receive and are infused and filled with the joy of the Lord. Let's first look at the contrast. The contrast, happiness versus joy. See, I want, I want you to be able to distinguish the difference, and there's a, a, a drastic difference when we compare the two uh, between happiness and joy. Joy is far superior. The word happy and happiness, believe it or not, is only found Eight times, and I have the English Standard Version Bible here, eight times in this Bible, eight different verses, you will find the word happy or happiness. Eight times. How many times do you think the word joy is found in this Bible? 203 times. In 203 verses, you will find the word joy. So the emphasis in the Bible is more on joy than it is on happiness. 
And so that's kind of my objective today is to get you to shift more from focusing on happiness to discovering joy and the benefit that it can bring into your life. In fact, there's greater biblical emphasis of joy rather than happiness. And that's, that's obvious when we just look at the sheer volume of verses that discuss joy versus happiness. Now, the Hebrew word for happiness simply means blessedness or to be blessed or to prosper. It has that connotation. The Hebrew word for joy means ecstatic delight, exaltation, exhilaration. And, and the Greek actually carry that same meaning as the Hebrew does concerning the word joy. And so if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Joy is a strength. Actually, joy is a force. It's a strength that empowers us to endure. I'll say that again. Joy is a force. It's a strength that empowers us to endure. In moments of sadness, I can relate to times that I didn't have the strength to deal with the things that were before me. I didn't have the motivation. I didn't have the ambition because I lacked joy. And I discovered that there's joy available to me to be able to be empowered to deal with life's issues. And I, I want to share that with you so that you can tap into that joy for your own life. So that you can rise up to be an overcomer in this life facing the challenges and the tests that are out there. Okay? It's important to understand from a biblical standpoint that there's not really much difference between happiness and joy if we really look at how it's defined from the Bible. But yet, we understand both are central to God's best interest for our lives. Yes, he desires you to be happy. He desires and he's looking out for your happiness. But more importantly, he's looking out for you to receive his joy and to be filled with his joy. Okay? Uh, the world has defined happiness uh, in a way that's a sharp contrast and how we see it from the word and how we see joy. And so it's difficult to get a, a grasp on happiness because it's fleeting. And it's not always tangible. It's hard to sometimes define because it may be different to you than it is to me. Uh, in fact, it's there one moment and gone the next, as we said. It's unlike, uh, actually, happiness is unlike joy because joy is a constant strength that we can tap into any time. Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah 8, 10 in the New American Standard Bible says, Then he came to them, go eat the fat and drink of the sweet. In other words, the uh, sweets and the fatty foods, go ahead, delight yourself in that. Not really. Now, this is like a celebration. It's talking about a celebration. When, when you celebrate, sometimes you go off the diet, okay? And then you can enjoy some of those things as long as you don't just make that your diet, right? And it goes on to say, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. In other words, be, be, share, be willing to share. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, there's actually two ways of looking at this. And, and, and I, both, I believe, are correct. The joy of the Lord, when you have the Lord's joy inside of you, it becomes your strength. 
But if we look at it from the standpoint of, of God having joy, God has joy when he sees you made strong. In fact, when, when I see my children excelling, when I see them exceeding, when I see my daughter Mackenzie getting a, a more than a 4.0 in her grades as she labored and, and worked effortlessly to, for good grades, so that gives me joy as a dad. And, and that's because I see her strong in academics, okay? And so uh, your joy is really important. It's a strength that we have. But God's joy is seeing you strong. And there's a connection between joy and strength that we, we cannot separate the two. When there's joy, there's strength. When there's strength, there's joy, okay, from God's perspective. So let's look at this contrast. I'm going to share a few terms to help you understand this contrast. Joy is a choice, but not always an easy choice. Okay, it's not always an easy choice. And we're going to look at that in just a little bit. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness is based on what's happening around us. Joy is based on what's happening in us. See, that's a, that's a drastic difference, would you say? Okay. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is sustaining. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is sustaining. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is supernatural. Amen? You know, happiness is based on circumstances. In fact, happening, happiness, it's what's happening around you. It's circumstantial. It's based on what's happening around you in your life. But joy is what's happening inside of you. And joy is a fruit of the spirit that's life-giving. It really is. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances that are subject to change. Joy is a strength dependent upon the word of God that doesn't change. You got that? I'll say it again because somebody wants to write that down. I know you do. Okay? Joy is a strength dependent. Oh, I'll say the whole thing. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances that are subject to change. Joy is a strength dependent upon the word that doesn't change. So, somebody said, well, I just want to be happy, Pastor. Or I just want my child to be happy. And, and, and you're trying to live life to make them happy. But I just want to be happy falls short of the purpose that God designed us for. If happiness is your only pursuit, it will lead to disappointment every time. It will leave you unfulfilled in life. Okay? Joy is a choice. Now, the Bible says in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. When you go to a gas station, what do you do? You refill your tank so that you can continue to drive, so that you don't have to be on the side of the road, um, you know, hitchhiking because you just ran out of gas. So 
To rejoice is to refill with joy. And it's an action. It's a choice you make. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in Him. And when we rejoice in Him, we receive strength. We receive His joy. We're filling up with His joy. Psalms 118.24, I don't have a slide for that. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice. You can choose to be sad all the time. But you can choose to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rejoice right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow God's joy to be a driving force in my life. I'm going to rejoice because in this situation, God has provided an answer. He's provided a solution for me. See, joy is choosing to look beyond your present circumstance to see the answer and the promise that God has for you. See, Jesus himself looked to the joy that was set before him. That's what empowered him to be able to get through the cross, the suffering, the pain, and the ridicule, and all that he had to go through. Let's look at that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It gives us this example, Jesus um, uh, gives us an example that we can look to. And the Apostle Paul is instructing us, if he's the author of the book of Hebrews, which I think he might be, it's kind of unknown, but the author of Hebrews is saying, look to Jesus. He's our example. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What got Jesus through that dilemma was looking at the joy set before him. And you know what that joy was? The joy set before him was seeing you and I redeemed. Seeing you and I set free from the power of Satan. Seeing you and I delivered from eternal judgment and hellfire. Jesus saw us set free, but he had to go through the cross. He had to do that for us, and that gave him joy. And sometimes you have to put the, the joy is set before you. It will get you through the crisis you're facing right now. But if you can't see the joy set before you, you may fail in the midst of that crisis. So look to the joy that's set before you. Now, joy doesn't mean you won't have adverse circumstances. But joy gives you the strength to endure those circumstances and to get through them. It gives you the ability to see beyond the circumstance and overcome the negativity, negativity in life, the negative circumstance that you're dealing with. Now, happiness is an outward expression of elation, but joy is inward peace and contentment. And some other statements that I'll just share with you along these lines, joy is constant, happiness is temporary. Joy is lasting based on what God is doing inside of us. See, happiness is derived from what pleases self. Joy is derived in what pleases others. See, joy is not about our, our contentment, but about our con the contentment of others very often. Happiness is often focused on materialistic, worldly pleasures, while joy uh, is derived from what satisfies the soul and the emotional well-being and empowering and helping others. See, Jesus didn't come to serve. He came to serve and give his life a ransom to many. See, happiness brings pleasure, but joy brings contentment to the heart. Happiness is an emotion, and joy 
is the attitude of the heart. It's, it's beyond an emotion. It's, it's an attitude. It's a perspective that we need to embrace. So the second talking point is the fullness of joy. Being filled, or is that the third one? Okay, we're, we're, we're moving right along here. That's good, okay. The fullness of joy, being filled with joy. See, the truth about joy is that it's God's desire for your joy to be full. See, or for you to be full of joy. Now, John 16, 24, we see the word says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. In other words, if you have a need, ask me. Because God wants to fulfill our joy. He wants to fill our joy. And so that answered prayer is what will cause joy to fill our life. See, authentic joy and true happiness is found in God's presence. And I want to really bring that home this morning. Authentic joy and true happiness is found in God's presence. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Notice that phrase, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And let me just say this. If you don't spend time in God's presence, you're depriving yourself of the fullness of joy that God wants to bring to you. He wants you to experience fullness of joy. Can you say that you've ever experienced fullness of joy? You can if you've been in his presence. See, it goes beyond often what the intellect can comprehend. God desires you to experience fullness of joy. Acts 13.52, we see the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And there's a connection there. See, when you receive the Holy Spirit and he comes inside of you, one of the things he brings is joy. We see the connection within the scriptures. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. It's not just in material, natural things. But it goes on to say, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. When you are filled with the Spirit, guess what you receive? You receive joy. And joy, it's joy that often is unspeakable and it's full of God's glory. It's his presence showing up in your life, okay? Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Again, we see this promise that we can be filled with all joy and peace in believing. So when we believe, it's, to believe is to trust him, to rely upon, to take God at his word. Okay, God, I believe. So that in believing, I can be filled with joy so that the power of the Holy Spirit can abound in my life. See, I believe that joy transforms our difficult circumstances into times of blessing. Because we will face difficult circumstances. But God wants to turn them into a time of blessing. In 2 Corinthians, we see the Apostle Paul writing in verse 4, chapter 7, verse 4, 2 Corinthians 7, 4. says, I'm acting with great boldness towards you. He was a bold kind of character. He says, I have great pride in you. I'm filled with comfort 
In all our affliction, I'm overflowing with joy. See, even in the midst of affliction, in the things that he was dealing with, he was overflowing with joy. See, that was his sustaining strength that got him through that. See, it seems contradictory that joy would come during hard times. Let me say it again. It seems contradictory that joy would come during hard times. Joy is generated in what God is doing in our life, in in the midst of all that. And so God wants to generate that joy. Joy is a sustaining strength. In 1 Thessalonians 1.6, the scripture says, And you became imitators of us and the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there was persecution, there was crisis, and all these things seemingly going wrong, but there was much joy with joy of the Holy Spirit. So joy, I believe, is found also in relationship. Um, The greatest joy as a mom and dad, as Deb and I look at our children, the greatest joy as parents is to know that our kids are walking with God, that they're serving Jesus. And, And that generates joy in us. It's, it's relational. The greatest joy is, is when we are in right relationship with God. Okay? In fact, 3 John 1, 4, the apostle John is writing, and he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Yeah, that generates joy. And, and then First Peter, I love this passage because this is a passage I believe that, that is, is pretty amazing. Let's look at it, First Peter 1, 8. Though you've seen him, you love him. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And, and we can all, unless you had a personal vision of Jesus Christ where he showed up in your bedroom one night and you've seen him face to face, you haven't seen him, but you love him. How many of you really love Jesus, but yet you haven't seen him with your physical eyes, but you still love him? And the Apostle Peter is addressing that here. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. So we can rejoice with joy that sometimes you can't even express it. It's just welling up inside of you. You can't get it all out. And it's, it's God, what God's glory is, when it talks about glory, God's glory is simply his presence showing up it's really all that God is, all that he does. It's him coming on the scene of your life. You know, when, when we are uh, in that place, in his presence, God wants to show up. And when he shows up, there's going to be joy because that's part of who he is. In John 15, 11, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, realize that when you receive the words of Jesus, when you receive the word of God, his intent is for when you receive the word of God, that the the result of that is that you'll be filled with his joy, that your joy will overflow. So even receiving this word this morning, I trust that your joy will begin to overflow, okay? Because realizing that joy is for everyone. Joy is for everyone. You might just say, well, pastor, I'm not a joyful person. I'm serious all the time. 
Well, you need to get over that, okay? You really do. Because joy is for everyone. Everyone sitting in this room, everyone listening to this message, uh, you know, on tape, or not tape, but, you know, podcast. Joy is for you this morning. In fact, Luke 2, 10, when the angel announced the birth of Christ, said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for all the people, great joy. It's for you. It's for everyone. This morning, I want you to stand together with me. And I trust that you have something you can take home with you from this message this morning that can be a benefit to you. There was a time in my life that uh, this... uh, I was going through a challenge and I was dealing with some depression. And as I was reading the Bible, I came across the verse which we read earlier, Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And as I read that, I became convicted because I didn't feel like rejoicing in that moment. In that moment, I, I felt like complaining. I felt like grumbling. I felt like you know, just screaming, ah, you know, whatever. But I did not feel like rejoicing. And I made a choice uh, that day that I was going to rejoice in the Lord because I saw clearly the instruction from the Scripture. Even in the midst of the circumstance that was difficult to deal with, I made a choice to rejoice in the Lord. And at that time, now this was years ago, There was a song that we used to sing in church. It was Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, I'm not a singer. But that I began to sing that chorus over and over. But I didn't sing it with a lot of enthusiasm at first. I started singing Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say rejoice. And I won't sing beyond that level right there. But as I continued to sing, I realized that I started to push through something that was holding me back because I didn't feel like it. There was not an emotion to be happy or joyful in what I was dealing with. But I continued to sing. I continued to worship God. And suddenly I got to a point where there was a breakthrough. And I I pushed past that negativity of what I was dealing with. And I, I literally receive God's joy in my heart. And then rejoicing became easy. Some of the hardest times to praise God is the times you need to praise Him. So I don't feel like worshiping God today. Well, that's the time you need to worship Him. Because that's the time where it's a sacrifice of praise. And it's, it, it'll push you through that point of breakthrough to be filled and receive the joy, to be filled with His joy, to rejoy, to, to be filled up again with His joy. And so this morning, I believe God wants to fill you with joy. And as we're standing, I want you to bow your heads if there's anyone here that has heard this message today. And you, might, you may say, Pastor, you know, I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know whether I'd go to heaven or hell. And I'm open to receive Jesus. I'm open to receive his forgiveness and love. I know that my life isn't where it should be but I'm willing to put my trust in Jesus. 
I'm willing to receive this good news of what Jesus did for me when he died on the cross and bore my sins. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. If you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to open my life to him. I need to allow him to fill me with joy. I've been dealing with things I don't know how to deal with, but I'm open to receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. If that's you, lift your hand this morning. Okay. There's others. Thank you. We're going to pray this prayer together. And I call this the believer's prayer. It's a prayer that believers pray to to believe in Jesus and receive his lordship, to receive his help, really to get right with God so that he can do in you what he longs to do. Pray this prayer together with me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. Thank you for sending Jesus. I believe he died for my sins. And I believe he rose from the dead to give me new life. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Forgive me. Make my life what you want it to be. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, Jesus is the Lord of your life. He's come in to be your Lord and to take away the junk. The Bible says if any person's in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Jesus has a way of transforming us from the inside out. Now, for the rest of us this morning, how many of you want to be filled with joy? Okay. Could need a, a little injection of joy, a dose of joy. Okay. So that's, that, that's a, as I said, is a choice. So you need to begin to rejoice in the Lord right now. And I'm going to pray. Then the worship team is going to minister. And I want you to really enter in to worship and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with joy. Because that's what the kingdom of God is about. It's not eating or drinking, but it's his righteousness, his, his right order. It's his peace, and it's his joy in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you fill everyone here under the sound of my voice with joy. Father, we choose to rejoice in you. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Let's rejoice in him. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.net.